Hello, welcome to this edition of the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. I am your host, Brother Walter Terrell. Thank you so much for joining in today. Today we're going to be looking in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter number 25. We'll begin reading today verse number 2 down through verse number 13. But we'll look at the entire chapter uh, as well. Beginning in verse number 2. And there was a man in Maon whose possessions were in Carmel, and the man was very great. And he had 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. Now the name of the man was Nabal, and the name of his wife Abigail. And she was a woman of good understanding and of a beautiful countenance. But the man was churlish and evil in his doing, and he was of the house of Caleb. And David heard in the wilderness that Nabal sheared his sheep. And David sent out ten young men, and David said unto the young men, Get you up to Carmel, and go to Nabal, and greet him in my name. And thus shall you say to him that liveth in prosperity, Peace be both to thee, and peace be to thine house, and peace be unto all that thou hast. And now I have heard that thou hast shearers. Now thy shepherds which were with us, we heard them not, neither was there aught missing unto them, all the while they were in Carmel. Ask the young men, and they will show thee. Wherefore, let the young men find favor in thine eyes, for we come in a good day. Give, I pray thee, whatsoever cometh to thine hand, and to thy servants, and to thy son David. And when David's young men came, they spake to Nabal according to all the words in the name of David, and ceased. And Nabal answered David's servants, and said, Who is David, and who is the son of Jesse? There be many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. Shall I then take my bread and my water and my flesh that I have killed for my shearers and give it unto men, whom I know not whence they be? So David's young men turned their way and went again and came and told him all those sayings. And David, verse number 13, is what we're looking at. And David said unto him, Gird ye on every man his sword. And they girded on every man his sword. And David also girded on his sword. And there went up after David about 400 men and 200 abode by the stuff. As Solomon read for the sake of time today, may God add his blessing to the reading of the word of God here today. You know, David is known as a man after God's own heart. He is known as a man who had the opportunity to actually take revenge on King Saul as he was placed in a position to kill him if he wanted to. Instead of murdering his enemy, though, and taking the kingdom of Israel for himself, David actually exercised grace and he exercised wisdom. He allowed King Saul to live, and David even reached out to his enemy in love and forgiveness. And friend of mine, let me put it like this. A lot of times, you know, we need to reach out in love and forgiveness as well. But our passage today finds David in a different set of circumstances and in an entirely different state of mind. Can I put it like this? A different attitude, if you will. And so the text in verse number 13 actually shows what happens when anger controls our lives. David became very, very upset and very angry at this fellow by the name of Nabal. And rightly so. But let me ask you a question out there today. Have you ever been angry before? Have you ever had a problem with anger before? Has anger been a big issue in your life? Do you walk around as if the world owes you something? Do you walk around as if you're angry at the world constantly and all the time? Have situations and circumstances and and people and, and other things, have, have they made you so angry that all you do is, 
is be angry and, and people are walking around on eggshells because they don't know what to say. Simply because they don't know if you're going to blow up the next minute or if you're going to be nice the next minute. Friend of mine, let me say this. If you have a problem like that with anger, then that is a problem. And so let me ask you, have you ever had a problem with anger? Does anyone have a problem with anger right now? Are you mad at the world? Do you walk around with a chip on your shoulder? Do you feel like you are right and everyone else is wrong? And do you get mad when you are proven wrong? Well, if you do, then there is a problem. You have a problem with anger. Here's another question. Is there anyone who does not have a problem with anger? You say, oh, Brother Walter, I'm good. I don't have a problem with anger. Well, God bless your heart. We all do have problem to some extent with anger. Amen? We do. We all get angry from time to time. And a lot of times, though, the problem is we do not control our anger as we should. We do not control our anger as we should. Oftentimes, our anger will control us. And before you know it, my friend, our anger has caused devastation and destruction on a scale we've never even imagined. Somebody put it like this one time. Anger, like fire, finally dies out, but only after leaving a path of destruction. And how true that really is. That is the danger of anger. And that is why the Bible has a lot to say about the believer and controlling his or her temper. And so here are a few verses that you might want to record and might want to write down or whatever, if you're able to, about the subject of anger. You know, Ephesians chapter number 4 and verse number 26 says, Be ye angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. The book of Psalm chapter number 37 and verse number 8. Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not thyself in any wise to do evil. Proverbs chapter number 14 and verse number 29. He that is slow to uh, wrath is of great understanding, but he that is hasty of spirit exalteth folly. And then in turn we also have Proverbs chapter number 19 and verse number 11. Uh, the Bible says, The discretion of a man deferreth his anger, and it is his glory to pass over a transgression. And then we have that ever so famous verse, it's Ecclesiastes chapter number 7 and verse number 9, Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of a fool. And we will, we will find here that Nabal was actually a fool in his anger. And friend of mine, a lot of times when you and I get angry, we tend to act like a fool. Yes, we do. And then Matthew chapter number 5 and verse number 22, Jesus was saying here, But I say unto you, that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother, Raka, uh, shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say, Thou fool, shall be in danger of hell fire. And also, I've got these verses, uh, some of these verses, on my refrigerator at home, so that way when I opened up the refrigerator, I could see it on my on my on my door, and I am reminded, hey, there's some things I need not to be angry about. Amen. And let me also say this though, there are some things worth being angry over if it goes against the word of God. But a lot of times you and I are so very guilty of being angry over some of the silliest things and we act like a fool. You know, the Bible also says in Proverbs, I forget what chapter and verse, but a soft answer turneth away wrath. 
Amen. A soft answer turneth away wrath. And so today, with the help of the sweet Lord, I want us to look into this episode of David's life. And also, let's look into our own lives. Let's look into our own hearts as well, as we think on the subject of anger and the problems that it can cause. I want to preach on the subject today, analyzing an angry man. Analyzing an angry man. There are three things present that are actually present themselves here within these verses. Number one, can you look with me in verse number two down through verse number 13 and also verse number 21 through verse number 22 of 1 Samuel chapter 25. Now, if you're not able to, don't worry about it. But we see, first of all, David's anger is considered. Let's consider uh, David's anger. We see the reasons for his anger. I'm not going to read everything for the sake of time. How about you do this? You go back and you read these verses 1 Samuel 25, read the whole entire chapter and read it and look at the anger of David, okay? Let's consider David's anger. Number one, we see the reason for his anger. We know that David is on the run from Saul. He and his men are hiding in the wilderness and they are doing two things there. Number one, they're fighting with some of the wild tribes in the area and they serve as a protective force for the shepherds in the area and preventing the enemy from taking the sheep and harming those servants. They probably did this to earn food and provisions while they were living there in the wilderness. And it was customary in those days for the person who received the protection to reward the protector, okay? And so when David heard it was shearing time, he sent some of his men to remind Nabal that they had provided protection protection and that as a result none of his sheep had been lost. He sends them with a kind greeting and reminds Nabal of the um, effective service they have provided. He makes no demands but simply asks Nabal to do one right thing. And instead of responding with a heart of gratitude, instead of responding with a heart of thankfulness, Nabal answers David's men with harsh words. He has called David's integrity into question. He has called David a rebel and he refuses to do right by David and his men. You know what that means? That simply means that Nabal done David wrong. Let me ask you a question out there. Have you ever been done wrong by someone? Has somebody ever hurt you before? Have you ever been mistreated? Have you ever been misunderstood? Have you said something and yet you meant no harm by it, but then somebody misunderstands you and they take things the wrong way and in turn, they get mad at you, you get mad at them. Have you ever had your name been drugged through the mud? Let me say this, have you, let me ask you this, have you ever had your little feelings hurt? Have you ever been done dirty by someone else? Uh, can I say this today? We have all sang that somebody done me wrong song before, have we not? Sure we have. Every one of us have always sang and played that somebody done me wrong song before. How did you respond when somebody did you wrong? How did you act when you were mistaken or misunderstood? How did you um, take things and uh, did, you, did it make you mad? Did it make you upset? Uh, how did you respond to all of this? You see, it's like this. Um, we've all been done wrong before. When this kind of thing happens, the flesh tends to get all stirred up and we get angry and we say things we later regret at times. Somebody once said that anger manages everything badly and friend of mine, they are so very true when they said that. That great conqueror, Alexander the Great, he had a problem with anger. He had a problem with his temper. He could not control. He conquered the world, but he could not conquer 
his temper. His childhood friend, uh, they were they all got together and they was having a big celebration one day and his childhood friend was drunk and he said something out of context and insulted Alexander the Great and in his anger, Alexander the Great got so mad, he said, you know what, I'm going to scare my childhood friend and I'm going to make him and remind him just who I am. So out of a, out of a rage, out of a anger, Alexander the Great takes a spear and hurls it at his friend meaning to make it uh, land beside the friend's foot. But instead, he hurled it at his friend, and it went through his friend's chest and killed his lifelong friend. After he'd done that, remorse set in as he assessed the destruction of his uncontrollable anger. And friend of mine, it's like this. If we don't control our anger, our anger will control us. And so we find, as we consider David's anger, analyzing the angry man, we see the reason for his anger. The reason for his anger is simply because Nabal hurt his feelings. The reason for his anger is simply because Nabal um, mistreated David, misunderstood David, said something wrong, insulted David. Well, verses 12 through 13, we see the reaction of David's anger. David's men returns to him and tells him Nabal's response. David gets mad and sends his men together to get revenge on Nabal. Listen to this. David prepares 600 men to go after one man. Friend, you talk about overkill. You talk about overthinking. Uh-huh. Yep. I'm guilty of that, and you are too a lot of times. Uh, and I know people right now who overthink things uh, quite a bit. I And I'm preaching to the choir. I do the same thing, and I ask God to help me with that. But David right here, he, he sends 600 men to go after one man. Overkill. You see, that's pretty dumb, isn't it? Well, that's what happens when you get angry. If we do things out of anger, anger will make you do some pretty stupid things and say some pretty stupid things. Have you ever done something or said something in anger that you wish you hadn't? We all have. May God help you and I as born-again believers. May God help us to manage our tempers for the glory of God. There's no Chinese proverb that goes like this. He who flies off handle always makes bad landing. Amen. And Nabal's response should not have surprised David, though. I mean, you look at how the Bible describes Nabal. In verse number 3, the Bible calls him churlish. The word means that Nabal was hard to get along with. He had a bad attitude. Oh, my soul. Do you know somebody like that today? Hard to get along with. Thinks the world owes them everything. And uh, they think they do no wrong and things of that nature. He had a bad attitude. We also are told that he was evil in his doings. This means that Nabal made a habit of doing others dirty in life and doing others dirty in business. And verse number two tells us that Nabal was very rich. The phrase very great means heavy. In other words, this dude was loaded with money. It also indicates that he was selfish. Even his very name gives us a glimpse into his uh, nature. The name Nabal actually means, my friend, fool. The name Nabal actually means fool. And so David encounters a man named Fool who lives up to his name. David responds to Nabal by going off the handle and flying off the handle. He responds to Nabal by going off into a blind rage to get even with him. Friend, here is what we need to get into our minds and our hearts today. You and I cannot always control what the other person does to us but we are in absolute control of how we respond to what the other person does to us. Amen? We can't control what they do to us, but friend, we certainly can control how we respond to them. 
We sure can. And so we find the reaction of his anger just made him do some dumb things. We see the result of his anger, verse number 21 down through verse number 22, as we consider David's anger and analyze this angry man. As a result of his anger, David goes temporarily insane. I mean, you think about it. He takes the force of 600 men to kill one guy just because he feels insulted. And that, my friend, is insanity. David, I mean, think about this. David refrained from killing Saul because he saw he saw Saul as the Lord's anointed and as his own superior. Here, though, David sees Nabal as an ant that he can stomp into submission. I mean, after all, David was going to be king someday. Nabal was just a nobody. I mean, what right did this nobody have to rise up against King David? Well, David's going to make him pay. It takes, you know, it's like this. It, um, it, David was blinded by rage. David was blinded by anger. David was blinded because he got mad of a little insult that Nabal gave him. Friend, that's what anger does. Anger will take control of the mind and turn sane men and sane women into raving lunatics. They sure will. And when I think about that, I also think about jealousy. Now, could it be that Nabal was jealous over David? Possibly. And my wife has said something one time, and we'll talk about that here in just a minute. That I'm wanna, I want to, uh, uh, I'll bring it back up. But she said, jealousy will be the rage of a man, and jealousy will be the, um, uh, what, that makes the woman go away, okay? That's, that's what she was basically saying. And so anger and jealousy do not go hand in hand. It's a bad combination. Anger will cause you to say things you wouldn't know, would not ordinarily say. Anger will cause you to do things, my friend, you would not ordinarily do. Anger will make you actually act like a fool. Anger will make you do things that you will have to repent of later. Anger will make you do things that you will regret. Can anybody identify with what I'm saying? I want you to listen to these quotes about anger. Anger is a momentary madness. Anger blows out the lamp of the mind. The proud man hath no God. The envious man hath no neighbor. The angry man hath not himself. And may God help you and I to take a close look at our own hearts and our own lives today. I'm sure that if we were honest, we would all admit that anger is a problem we often deal with. But thankfully, though, there was a solution for David. And hallelujah, friend, there's a solution for us. We see David's anger. Uh, we see David's anger, first of all, considered. Secondly, we see David's anger confronted. Verse 14 through 31. Again, read it at your own leisure. And verse 13 through 21, or 14 through 31, we see Abigail. Abigail she confronts David, and we see David's anger confront him. We see Abigail appraises the situation, verse 14 through 20. We know that Nabal was a fool, but his wife was everything that he was not. Her name is Abigail. Her name means, my father is joy. Abigail was a beautiful woman physically and a wise woman spiritually. She was, a, a, she was as lovely as a heart as she was of appearance. And when she hears what her foolish husband has done, she takes the necessary steps to make matters right. And she gets together the food and things David and his men needed as she goes out to meet David with the hope that maybe she could change David's mind. 
in verse number 13, we're told that she did this without consulting her husband. Now, some of you may be wondering, why didn't she talk to her husband first? Well, we'll talk about that here in just a moment. But here's the thing. She was not working against her husband. She was actually working for her husband. Now, a carnal woman might have said something like this. Oh, this is the opportunity I've been waiting for. I'll just sit here and wait and let David take care of this old fool for me. Amen. That's what uh, could have been said, but she didn't. Abigail didn't act like that. She went to work behind the scenes trying her best to protect her husband. As a matter of fact, she very literally saved his life. Uh, why didn't Abigail tell Nabal what she was doing? Well, for the same reason, his servants didn't talk to him because Nabal was totally unapproachable and hard to get along with. He was probably so stubborn that uh, when he made up his mind, he would not listen to reason. And friend of mine, being a stubborn person sometimes is as dangerous as being an angry person. And let me just say this and move on. Men, God gave us a helpmeet for a reason. A lot of times it'd be good for us to listen to our wives. Boyfriends, if you're dating a girl that you're going to marry someday, you need to listen to her now because she's going to eventually become your helpmeet. And God, a lot of times, gives them more wisdom and insight than what us stubborn, hard-headed men can have. You ladies can say amen right there. Uh, she is your completer. Amen? She is. She will often have wisdom and insight that you do not have in the situations of life. Wise is the man who consults his wife or girlfriend that he's going to marry someday and listen to what she says. And so we see uh, David's anger confronted as Abigail appraises the situation. We see David's anger confronted as Abigail appeals in the situation. Uh, when Abigail meets David, she humbles herself at his feet. She refers to herself as David's handmaid six times and calls him my Lord 14 times. She comes into his presence humble, open, and honest. She admits that David and his men have suffered wrong at the hand of Nabal. She admits that her husband is a wicked man and even a fool. And she asks for forgiveness and pleads with David to accept her gift and to spare Nabal and the rest. And she tells David that God sent her to stop him from murdering a man in anger. She tells David that if he kills Nabal in anger, it will hang over his legacy like a dark cloud. If he does what his anger is telling him to do, he's going to regret it forever. And so she appeals to the spiritual side of David. Hey, listen to Brother Walter for just a moment. In these verses, Abigail reminds you and I of the Holy Spirit of God. Because, friend, when the flesh gets angry, when the flesh gets angry, its anger stirred up, the Spirit of God a lot of times will remind us that we need to act slowly and sensibly. As a matter of fact, he will remind us of James chapter number 1, verses 19 through 20, which says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. How many of you have, have uh, put your mouth in motion before you put have put your uh, mouth in motion before you put your brain in gear uh-huh a lot of us have amen we speak before we think we don't think before we speak uh, and so we need to be swift to hear let us hear the conclusion of the matter before we jump the gun and start assuming things amen hot dog yahoo and hallelujah right there well, verse number 32, we see uh, uh, we see Abigail, uh, we see here achievement in the situation as David's anger, anger is confronted. Abigail's wisdom overcame the anger of David. Abigail's wisdom overcame the anger in David's heart, and he backed away from his plans. Disaster was averted because David was willing to listen to the voice of reason. Sadly, the loud cry of anger in our hearts is so strong that we cannot 
or will not listen to the voice of reason. And a lot of times, gentlemen, that voice of reason is our girlfriend we're going to marry or our wives. Amen. A lot of t- and most of the time, the voice of reason is the precious Holy Spirit of God. The precious Holy Spirit of God. And we're so stubborn and hard-headed, we don't listen to the still small voice of the Spirit of God as He tries to reason to us. If we could just learn to calm down and listen to what the Spirit is saying to us and respond to Him instead of responding to the flesh, it would save us a lot of heartache in every relationship of our lives, whether it be a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband and wife, or even some type of friendship. Well, so far today, we have seen David's anger considered. We have seen David's anger confronted. But lastly, as we analyze this angry man, we see David's anger conquered. Verse 32 through 42. The closing verses of this chapter shows us how and why David was able to overcome his anger. And my friend, I think we could all use these lessons in our lives. Verse 32 through 35, we see that David's anger was conquered by the openness of David's heart. David backed down because he saw that God had worked in the situation to send Abigail to prevent him from committing a terrible sin. And David accepted the things Abigail brought and allowed her to return home uh, with his promise that all was well. What would have been so wrong if David would have taken matters into his own hand and gave on the ball what he deserved? Well, the wrong would have been in the fact that God, not David, is the one who authorized her to right all of our wrongs. Let me say that again. The wrong would have been in the fact that God, not David himself, is the one authorized to right our wrongs. Anytime you and I take matters into our own hands and seek to get even with the one who's done us wrong, we sin against the Lord. But as usual, God has a better way. Amen. He always does. God's ways are better than our ways. That's why it's so important to pray about this thing. Oh, my wife, she said something here a few weeks ago. She said, when we get angry at something or somebody, uh, we need to take a day or two, pray about it, and then go talk to that person who's done us angry. You see, God gave us a help meet, amen, wise and understanding. And uh, because me, I'm a Cherokee Blackfoot Indian. I've got Irish descent as well. And so I've got uh, half of me is Viking, half of me is Native American, and I can have a temper. I never lose my temper, but sometimes I sure do find it. Amen goes right there. <laughs> and thank God I've got a wife to get to be the voice of reason. I've got the precious Holy Ghost to be the voice of reason. But it's up to me to listen to the voices of reason in my own life. But here's what the Word of God says. Um, here's what God says. Recompense to mo- no man evil for evil. Provide things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as life in you, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. If he thirst, give him drink. For in so doing, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome evil, but overcome evil with good. That's Romans 12, 17-21. David conquered his anger because he was open to the Lord and willing to actually do things God's way and willing to listen to the voice of reason that God sent through Abigail. Amen? Nabal's wife. And that is the plan that will work for any of us. Well, David's anger was conquered by the openness of David's heart. But 36 through 42, David's anger was conquered by the operation of David's heart, last of all. When Abigail returned home, she finds her husband drunk. 
She knows that if she tells him in that state, he is liable to do something really foolish. She's already been foolish enough, right? Well, so she waits until the morning and she tells him what she has done. And when she does this, Nabal experiences what many to believe to be a stroke or a heart attack. Either he is overcome by anger at what Abigail did and what David threatened to do, or he is overcome by fear. Either way, my friend, he stays in that condition for 10 days and then suddenly he dies. Suddenly he dies. Now, because David, stay, uh, because David was willing to allow the Lord to take care of his problems for him, he enjoyed the victory over Nabal. Instead of taking revenge and getting his hands red with the blood of the enemy, David's hands were actually clean. And in the end, David married Abigail and probably came to possess all that had belonged to Nabal. In other words, David got it all simply because he refused to allow his anger to control him and rule his life and ruin his life. You see, I believe that maybe Nabal got so angry that and, and he his blood pressure shot out the roof and he got stressed out and boom, maybe his heart exploded. Maybe he died from it. Who knows? A friend of mine, anger will cost you in the long run. But David here proved his actions uh, in this encounter and that's why he was called a man after God's own heart. David responded properly to the voice of the Lord, and his anger was kept in check. And let that be a lesson to all us that are listening today. No matter how strongly we may think that we have a right to get revenge against those who have hurt us, it is never right to violate the word of God by allowing our anger to rule our lives. It is never right to allow our anger to control us. We need to control our anger. So, in closing today, let me ask the question. What are we going to do with this message? We need to bring our anger to the Lord and ask Him to help us act like Him toward those who offend us. Some of us need to get before the Lord right now and ask God to help because we know that we might not be angry right now, but it very well could happen before the lights are out tonight. And we know that when anger comes, we will need God's help to respond properly. There may be others that are listening. You've been simmering in your own anger for quite a while now. And the best thing you can do is get to the Lord. Ask Him to turn down the heat in your heart before you have a meltdown. I know most folks don't like to hear things like this, but it's the truth nonetheless. A friend of mine, we're all cut from the same cloth. We all have problems with anger from time to time. And the best thing any of us can do is to yield our feelings, our rights, and our anger to the Lord. Well, this has been Brother Walter Terrell with the Sowing and Reaping Audio Podcast. I want to thank you so very much for allowing me to uh, speak to you from the Word of God. And I hope and pray that this message has been a help and a blessing to all of you that are listening. And wherever you are listening right now, I pray that you have a good rest of your day or night just on purpose. <music>